everyone. Welcome to Seeking Life Podcast, learning to pursue a life of eudaimonia. That's generally our goal here. I'm your host, Shaylor Kino. This is episode 13, Fate, Luck, and Free Will. Welcome back, everybody. I hope we're enjoying the show so far. I know I'm having a good time recording it and sharing this with people. So yeah, I hope that we're all having a good time. We've now crossed our three-month threshold of doing the show, and I'm just kind of trying to think about what to do for today. And, you know, we're on episode 13, so I decided let's have a little fun with that because, you know, 13 in our culture and society is generally considered something that's unlucky. So, I mean, obviously it's just a number. It really doesn't mean that much but if we were going to be superstitious here I could have just skipped episode 13 moved on to episode 14 all that sort of thing and then hey you know actually then whenever you look at my listings on Apple Podcasts and Spotify the number of episodes it says I have would actually equal the number of episodes that there are since that preview episode counts as one and then the whole numbering system gets thrown off a bit but you know it is what it is so yeah 13 is associated with unluckiness. And I think that there's a lot that we can drive philosophically if we start talking about luck in a way, kind of. Um, I'm currently in an epistemology class, and luck comes up in regards to whether or not we can know things. I'm not going to quite delve into that area of philosophy today, just because epistemic luck is quite a bit different than the typical luck that you're going to think about. And I don't want to get into talking about knowledge and if we can, how we can know things, maybe someday, but not right now. So I titled this episode, Fate, Luck, and Free Will. I realize I've started by talking about luck, kind of an out of order there from the title. We'll get back to luck here in a little bit. But I want to transition into that aspect of fate, because luck and fate obviously are things that we can see being connected with one another. If something is lucky, then it's probably something that fate, quote, unquote, with their quotes type thing. Then fate intends it if it's lucky, that sort of thing. So loosely right now, whenever I talk about fate, I'm referring to what is inevitably bound to happen. So you could call that superstitious. You could call that a form of God's plan, you could call it just the way the world works, things are going to happen. All of that is really kind of what we talk about in fate. And I obviously don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that it's probably pretty likely that in some form or fashion, everyone kind of believes in fate because we expect things to just go the way they're going to go and things should go certain ways because that's how the world works and all of that sort of, I don't want to say nonsense. I kind of want to say nonsense, but all of those things, for lack of a better word, is kind of where we go with fate. And I think most of us would be heavily inclined to say that we don't still kind of hold to that in some way. In ancient societies, they held to fate as the will of the gods and some people still would say that will of God or gods, I guess, and if we still got some polytheistic people out there, 
Um, some people would say that that still is what fate is. And okay, yeah, cool. But yeah, and then other people would say that fate is kind of what's bound to happen by rules of science and the way the world works, all of those things. Fate's tied up within all of that. So it's kind of interesting what's bound to happen. And the implications of fate kind of become important if certain things are bound to happen then I mean is there really any consequence to what we're going to do is there different things that we can change is the future set in stone can we do anything about it all that sort of thing are important questions when we come to this area of fate and before we get into that I want to throw a random philosopher that I've been reading a little bit more of recently out there and so and show some of his quick thoughts on fate. So Friedrich Nietzsche says that part of human greatness is a love of fate. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but I like and respect a lot of what Nietzsche says. I don't agree with him all the time, but I think it's valuable to hear his thoughts. And I think that this is somewhere that I do, in a sense, agree with him a little bit because just going back, thinking on some episodes we've done before, talking about fate as what's inevitable, I'm generally going to try to limit to what's outside of our control is going to be what's determined by fate. Uh, not necessarily the case, but that's a more approachable way to kind of put it. So he's basically saying then that we should love then whatever comes that we can't control. And I think that that is important. That ties into having that contentment. It ties into forgetting the future, all of that sort of stuff. If we can love fate and whatever it brings, therefore that helps us to be great. And with Nietzsche, his big thing really was being great, being amazing, being the best you possibly could be. That was all very important to Nietzsche. And it's respectable whether or not you think it's right. So I think that's something that we should consider when it comes to fate. So yeah, an area that then kind of gets thrown up in this is going to go back to luck here is what role does luck play in fate? And this seems to be a little bit more complicated because I would often think that we kind of contrast fate and luck because fate's what's inevitably bound to happen and then luck is going to be those things that just happen by chance. And it's kind of ironic because fate is going to be the thing that makes luck happen or all of that would be one spin on it. Another stance would be to say that luck just kind of gets thrown in there, doesn't mess up fate, doesn't really contribute to it. It's those side things that exist separate from fate. If something is big and important, then it's not luck that it happens. It's fate that it does. Luck is a different category for these less important things. You can put that approach on it and either way is respectable. I don't necessarily think that the way that you view luck has a giant significant impact on the way that you live life. Maybe it does if you're the type of person 
who fully believes in the luck of winning the lottery or something like that, then maybe it would play into your lifestyle and how you choose to live. But I think it's normally a better idea to not play around with the things of luck. I've never bought a lottery ticket. Not saying the lottery tickets are bad, but you're going for some very bad luck there. I mean, more significantly more likely than not, you're not going to win. So it's just kind of throwing money away in a sense that's entirely out of your control. It's up to luck to save you in that sort of situation or make you win or all of that. So, you know, luck is something you have to be careful with. Some people put a lot of stock in it. Some of us don't put very much stock in it at all. I lean towards the putting less stock in luck, but at the same time, I really like sports and I want us to be lucky in those, come up with some good wins and things like that. So luck has some role. I mean, we all put some stance in it and, you know, that's how it works. But so while luck maybe isn't that big, important question, the area of luck and fate that really, really matters is in regards to free will. And I think generally, if I say free will, we probably know what it means. If not, then I'm going to have to come up with a definition of free will here in a second. I'm going to put that off. That's not an area that I prepped beforehand because I didn't think about the fact that I might need it until just now. But free will is going to be that sense that we have that in some way we're in control of the choices and decisions that we make and what we're going to do. And I have the ability to go my own way. I don't have to follow what I'm told. I get this sense of freedom within me. I mean, that's why it's called free. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm using the term free in my definition of free will. Ah, Oh, well, it's okay. I have liberty, but I mean, that means freedom. So, you know, but yeah, free will is something that is super, super important in this whole situation. And how it ties in is because if fate is a thing and then luck is a thing, and I'm defining fate as inevitably bound to happen, luck, what happens by chance, where does free will fit in to all of that? Is free will bound by fate and not actually free? Is will entirely based on luck and then we don't really have any say in it? Most of us are going to want to put free will in an area that's deterministic. And when I say deterministic, it means basically exactly what it sounds like, that we want to put free will in an area where our will is determined by our choices and our actions and our decisions. So we want a deterministic free will, not one that's led by other different circumstances and situations. And I think that the majority of us, if not all of us, would just straight up, if questions, do you have free will? Our immediate answer is, our immediate answer is yes, I have free will. And if someone were to ask you why, that's also a really easy answer. Well, I have a free will because I get to pick what I do, I get to do what I want. Uh, I mean, technically, even if you're being forced or coerced to do something or told to do something, you still have the free will to choose, yes, I'm going to do that or no, I'm not going to. So experientially, 
it's really, really easy to defend saying that you have free will. And you can draw on these experiences pretty much the same as everybody else. I mean, I guess if someone's lived up in a super, super strict household their whole life and then they don't have the ability to do what they want to or they've tried and it goes poorly, that whole sort of thing, then maybe they'll have some more qualms with free will as a concept. But overall, most people are going to say, yeah, free will, it's it's a good thing. It's We like it. We want it. I will defend that I have free will, all of that. And that's great. I am going to tend to agree with you there. I want free will. I feel like I have free will. Seems good enough for me that we have free will. But, you know, what's good enough at first glance often really isn't actually good enough. So there's a lot of influential thinkers and people who go and question or critique this view of free will that we hold super, super commonly. And these have been critiques from very important people in the history of the world. The first of these that I'm going to mention, I'll talk about two of them here today. The first of them is Voltaire. And Voltaire is pretty well-respected, I'm sure. You guys have heard of Voltaire. I might have mentioned him before in previous episodes, maybe. I'm not quite sure there, but I've read some Voltaire semi-recently. And he discusses free will at one point. He, he makes the case that, well, we don't we don't actually have free will. And that's kind of scary because, wait a second, we want free will. I thought we had free will. How are you even questioning this? If you don't have free will, how do you have the will to question this? And how do you get around that? And why don't you just accept it? And all these things and a big mess of stuff, big mess of complaints there can come about. But what he does in order to question free will is in part he's just going against the tradition some. He wants to make a statement. And then he goes and kind of says, yeah, so you think you have free will, but some other things going on you really don't. you got outside events that cause you to act how you do and all this sort of thing. And with some of these causes, you just in decision making that it's immediately led and you don't really do much more than that so it's kind of led about and I mean okay that's generally a respectable view saying that outside causes are what create the way that we end up being and all of those things that's fair I understand what he's saying and I agree with it to some degree because yes, definitely outside events to ourselves shape what we end up deciding to do and what we choose and all of that sort of thing. And then as a result, how we end up living. But the important difference and critique I have of Voltaire's critique of free will is that Voltaire doesn't really ever discuss the use of choice when he's discussing free will. I mean, he kind of implies a little bit like, oh, um, yeah, choice is not quite as highly regarded as you thought it was and all of that sort of thing, which, okay, you know, okay. okay. But 
he doesn't really ever specifically address the matter of choice. And I think that's a big area where he's messing up some because choice ultimately lies at the heart of free will. If you don't have choice, then you don't have free will. If you have choice, then you have free will. So if you can prove choice, then in a large way, you can prove free will. Now, that's a bit easier said than done. No one is likely to come up to you today and say, hey, okay, um, you know, I'm questioning this whole sort of free will thing. Can you prove to me that you make choices? And if someone were to ask me that, I would probably just look at them for a second be like, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. You, you don't know if you have free will and you want me to prove it to you? How am I supposed to do that? I mean, it's hard to do. It's a big mess. And, I mean, Voltaire brings up some good points, but if you can keep choice and someone's not questioning choice, then Voltaire's attempt just kind of goes out the window a little bit. Sorry, Voltaire, but we're going to defenestrate that. If we don't like my fancier word for throwing something out of a window, we're going to yeet that. And yes, I did just say yeet in a podcast, so <laughs> didn't see that one coming, I bet. I certainly didn't see that one coming. But yeah, so that's Voltaire's critique of free will. It's, it's all right, and I respect it, and it's there. I think that a better critique of free will that's worth considering a little bit farther here is going to be Tolstoy's critique of free will that comes at the end of War and Peace. So this is kind of random. For War and Peace, he goes he's telling a story about Russia and different things. When Napoleon's invading, they fight back, all of that. And at various points, Napoleon gets into discussing history and how history takes place. He kind of is trying to be a historian in a way through his work of fiction, which is ironic in and of itself, saying that he's a historian while he's writing fiction. But, you know, he does have some valid history in there. So Tolstoy then, when he's trying to discuss why history takes place, he ends up getting into a critique of free will and saying that history comes about just because that's the way it comes about and there's not really free will involved in the process. And Tolstoy, unlike Voltaire, anticipates the challenges that his argument is going to meet and counters them a little bit at the same time. So Tolstoy, when discussing free will, he first off says, yes, no free will. Well, he doesn't say it quite that bluntly. He's a little bit more methodical about it, not as blunt, because he knows that people won't like this as much. But he's discussing it and says, yeah, it's kind of just the way things go and we can't do much about it. Whatever's going to happen is whatever's going to happen, especially in the terms of war and battles and history. And then he gets into discussing, okay, some of you are going to disagree with me here because you think we have choice. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit. I'm quoting Tolstoy here. Well, not quoting, but paraphrasing Tolstoy here. He says, well, okay, then I want to talk to you guys a little bit about choice. So say that I come sit down and I'm talking to you and you say, okay, I have free will. 
and I say, prove it. Well, you're probably going to do something to prove that you have free will. The example Tolstoy uses is say, okay, I'm sitting here. I want you to prove that you have free will. So you go and raise your hand. Like, all right, that's fair. You raise your hand. That seems like a pretty reasonable choice. And defending it, you say, yeah, I chose to raise my hand. I have this free will to do so. Case closed. We're done. Not, not quite so fast, Tolstoy would say. Yes, you did raise your hand, but you did so for a couple of reasons. You did it, first off, because I asked you to prove that you have free will. So that caused you to then think, okay, what's something I can do to prove that I have a choice? And you say, okay, well, I got to pick something obviously not too crazy. Going to be limited a little bit by something super simple to demonstrate. So you're like, okay, uh, moving something. That's a great way to show that I can choose. And you go and you say, okay, I'm probably going to move my dominant arm just because that's the way that it's going to tend to go. I'm going to make it take the path of least resistance to get up if there's an object in front of me in the way. And then you need to get it up. You're going to go to the side some if there's nothing in front. I mean, you just go up the easiest way possible. And then Tolstoy just systematically takes out these objections to this lack of free will and says, no, there is a story behind what's going on that's causing everything that you're trying to do. You don't really have free will. It's caused by lots of different stuff. And he makes, as a result here, Tolstoy makes a pretty compelling argument that free will is not a thing because if you really start thinking about it every action that you take is a result of some other action to accomplish some action because you've gone through something in the past want to change some things like that it's all connected the way that you choose to think about what's going on is based on how you've been through things in the past and the way that you're going to go into the future. It's just all one big continuous line feeding into one another. The past forms the present, the present forms the future. And it just kind of keeps going on, going forward, and all of that sort of thing. And that is there. That argument exists. And to be completely honest with you, I do don't currently have a good answer to this argument. My best answer is to go with experience. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm doing good. I feel like I have choice. I feel like I have free will. That's great. That's what you would think if you'd been told that you had free will and trained to think that way, but that doesn't mean you actually do. Maybe you've been fed a lie this whole time. And that's kind of scary. Because well, what if I don't have free will? What are the implications of that? What, Like, okay, yeah, there's one stance of this that's to say, yes, there's no free will. What does it matter? Not important. The world's going to keep running the exact same way. It doesn't matter what you think because you didn't have free will. You couldn't change anything anyway, so we're just going to keep going. Why does it matter? And I hesitate a lot if someone gives that answer because to me, and probably, hopefully to you guys as well, this matters a lot. Because if 
I don't have free will, then absolutely nothing that I do matters at all. I mean, okay, maybe there's better things to do still because it's helps other people be better and all that sort of thing. But if I don't have free will, then whatever I'm going to do is whatever I'm going to do. And I can't, oh, that was a, I don't know why I'm switching to this weird accent. And I can't change that. What's going to happen is ultimately all fate. And I'm just here. If we don't have free will, then we are just pieces in this big game of life who have no say in what they're going to do at all. And is anybody here, I mean, I'm asking a question. This is rhetorical, clearly. Nobody can answer me. Has anyone here ever played the old board game, children's game that literally is called the game of life. I, I'm sure that decent amount of us have. I know I have. And that was always a fun game. But the f- fun in it, in part, is largely getting to make the choices about what's going on. Some of it is unintended. I mean, there's a large amount of luck and chance going to the game with spinning a turnstile that tells you how many spaces you get to move, whatever you land on determines in a large way what you're going to end up with. But there's still a large amount of choice in there that plays into it all. And if we take away free will, we're no longer the person that moves the car around and sticks the little characters in it and goes about playing the game of life Rather, if we lose free will, we end up being those little plastic people that get stuck in the car, get moved around, get played through the game of life. And I don't know about you, but I really don't want that. I don't want life to play me. I don't want to be controlled by some outside influence and that sort of thing. And I get to a certain extent that if that is the case and we really don't have free will I mean there's nothing I can do about that but we have to think about the fact that free will is important free will is ultimately what makes you be able to be you of your own accord without it you really you are nothing We are nothing without free will because it really is essential to our human experience and how we live because without free will, I honestly would say that you can't live. And that's kind of scary. It's supposed to be scary. That's kind of the point here a little bit. And just with this episode, what I'm trying to do is say that we have free will. I realize I'm never proving this. I'm not proving it whatsoever. 
the reason I'm doing that is because I'm a philosopher and we like to make claims that aren't proven <laughs> because, you know, just kind of how it works every now and then. I would like to be able to prove this. I really, really would. I'm not doing so because I don't have an answer. I don't know how to answer Tolstoy saying that we don't have free will because it's caused by other things and what choices we've made in the past play into what's in our mind and then it just kind of all runs together and then our next choice is inevitable. I don't have a way to prove that wrong. I just don't. Maybe one of you does. If you do, fantastic. I would love to hear it. Definitely would love to hear that. But I mean, the best answer I have is that, no, I think I get to choose what I'm doing. As I'm saying all these words, they're not inevitably bound up with what's come before me. I mean, they kind of are, but I still am getting to pick every word that I'm saying and it leads into the next and everything like that. So free will is there. It's got to be, right? I mean, come on. You're telling me that we don't have free will? What's what sort of that? What sort of nonsense is that? We got we have free will. And I I can't give a more satisfying answer. I just I can't. But I'm going to hold true and hold fast to saying that we have free will. In a sense there are some things that are fate, what's inevitably bound to happen. I mentioned earlier that I'm going to say these are the things that are outside of our control, outside of our jurisdiction. That's going to be kind of what's fate for each of us, which makes it very oriented on ourselves. I mean, fate only then applies to other people, whereas it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, that's getting into some sketchy territory too. I'm processing things as I'm saying them here. That's a little bit sketchy. But so fate's there. Luck, obviously, I would actually reasonably say, luck, things happening by chance. Yeah, it happens a lot. That's fine. No problem with that and free will. Fate and free will get into a little bit of dicey waters. And the dicey waters are where I'm at right now. Maybe I have scared some of you guys too and made everybody be a little bit more concerned about free will. Um hopefully not we'll see but if so i guess that's just the nature of a 13th episode it's unlucky has bad situation going on we all end up a little bit unsettled that's how 13th episodes are gonna go and this is my only 13th episode i can't guarantee it's the only time we'll end up unsettled at the end of things there are some questions we just can't answer and or can't answer sufficiently or well free will is one of those and while i deeply believe that we have free will it's something that we have to consider it's something we have to think about and it's something we've got to live through so i would say we all have free will and use that free will to seek life use that free will to seek your free will that's what i'm going to recommend for this episode Try to come up with ways to show that we've got free will beyond just a simple experience. Free will your way to all that free will. And 
prove Tolstoy and Voltaire wrong. We can get past them. They were great minds of their times, but you know, and I'm sure people have answered them since then. I just haven't read what that is yet. I'll get around to it eventually, but free will your way to free will and we'll be good. We'll be fine. Thank you for tuning in to Seeking Life podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed what you're listening to. If you did, if you could go ahead and subscribe and share this with other people, I'd be greatly appreciated. Also, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, but uh, feel like you need to get caught up a little bit, especially if you don't know the word eudaimonia that I've been using, if you could go back and listen to episode zero, that'll get you caught up. It's just quick five minutes. And yeah, I hope you enjoy things. Thank you for tuning in this week, and I'll see you again in a week.